welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 632, recorded live on April 12th, 2020, and here are your hosts, the man who always has his finger on computer technology, Dave Pillay. Oh, yeah. And the man who's <laughs> finally <laughs> figuring out what's current in uh, computer technology, Andy Lowe. Hi. Now, when you say computer technology, you mean like purchasing a new computer. Yes. Because that's, that's what we're talking about explicitly is buying a new PC. Andy is looking to buy a new computer. But build my own from parts. Yeah. So how did you go about starting this process? Well, first off, for what purpose, right? That's always, if someone says like, I want to build a new computer, that's always the first question. Yes. What are you going to do with this? Yes. What, 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 yeah. Now, that's the that's the question where people you know come to me at work and go i want a new laptop and i'm like okay for For what what? reason like i i'm not saying no i just need to know what you want it for so we can get you the right thing for for what you're doing yes so the purpose of this one is uh, video edit no uh so what are you doing uh there's uh videos that isaac likes to watch on youtube yeah I'm, i'm sure there are there are videos that many people like to watch on youtube yes but i'm not sure if i talked about this but it's it's from a game called beam ng okay or called a beam ng drive beam ng drive uh was released in may of 2015 to steam early access and it is a driving game a driving simulator with soft bodied physics yes so car deformation and damage yes okay so you know he he likes watching those videos but the problem is you know you're running out of them (laughs) that and you know he only likes certain ones and he wants to see this thing there and it's you know if he starts watching a 10 minute video and it's you know it's the the preview icon on youtube has you know a blue monster bus or something he wants to he see wants that 10 blue. minutes of a blue monster bus yeah okay but instead he's almost know. three right yeah july yes okay okay so you're you're getting a computer so that you can play this game with him Yes. For him, you're planning on like recording it and then just uploading it to your own YouTube or just, you know, trying to find some sort of like Fisher Price steering wheel or something. And so (laughs) I can give him Uh, a blue monster bus and then he could drive it around or I could drive it around and, you know, follow his directions. With with the Fisher Price steering wheel, that's not going to actually send the signal to the computer. So are are you like what I'm, you know, what I mean is just some cheap little third party. So not literally Fisher Price. No. Okay, you're talking about a three year old. You have to make that clear. Because that's the that's the like age group that you would legitimately buy Fisher Price products. <laughs> that's that's true. But, you know, I don't want to spend the 1500 to get the Forza Motorsports wheel bundle for right, Xbox right. One and PC. You're, you're looking at like just some really basic steering wheel. I mean, depending on how how DIY you want to make it, you could get like because I'm sure you could find an old Wiimote for nothing. Yeah. And hook that up to the Bluetooth sensor and and connect it to Bluetooth to the PC and then uh, write a script that recognizes the the Wiimote's action. Mm-hmm. And then when it when he turns it, it registers that as pressing the L key or something or the, the left arrow mm-hmm. or um, what would that be? PC steering wheel. Best steering wheel for PC gaming for 2020. Racing wheels. PC game racing wheels. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, $200, $300, $90. You know, a quarter of the price of the computer that you're buying. 
Here's a $60 one. That's probably the cheapest you're going to get new. Mm-hmm. Here's a $700 one. <laughs> what? Hey, you have a car there? I want it. He's so bad. Dang it, Andy. This is what your search brought up. For those of you who are not playing along, it is a fighter stick for $465. It is a Thrustmaster Hotus Warthog. Official so replicas of the joystick, and throttle, throttle, and control panel of the A-10C. Yeah, the Warthog. They are gorgeous and responsive, and I love them and want them. Jeez, oh, Pete. They are also $500. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I made my big purchase for, like, the half year. It shows up tomorrow, in theory. Which is? I bought a chair. Oh. Well, that would make sense if you're going, if you're currently... I'm working from home. Working from home, I'm yes. sitting at a folding card table desk. I would like a nice chair because my back <laughs> is actually, like, starting to hurt. This is getting ridiculous. I need a better chair. So my, uh, our news director for one of our talk stations yeah. um, went over to England right when the travel ban happened. Okay. So And so she, cannot come home? Well, no. She was originally going to spend two weeks over there and then come home, but she spent a week over there and then basically was just told, you should probably come back home. <laughs> come home now the, or you might not be able to come home. Yeah, by the U.S. government. Yeah. Speaking of an order, I have something that should be arriving today. What? Cool. Oh. Was there a point to that story or just like it um, was a thing? No, no, well, uh, she was going to be self-quarantining for two weeks. Yeah. But I still wanted her to, you know, be able to do the news because she's the news director. Okay. So I took, um, I had a, a, a Dell M6700 laptop with a bad screen. Yeah. But it had um, the spots for the docking station. So I just got her the laptop with an external monitor, keyboard, mouse, and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I set that up with her. You know, granted, I just dropped it off on her porch because she was still in her self-quarantining. <laughs> right. And had to uh, talk her through how to set everything up over the phone. Which, you know, thank God for color coding things. It's <laughs> like, okay, find into the green port. Yeah, find the green one and plug it into the green port. And then, okay, there's going to be a cable that looks like an oversized USB cable, which is the display port adapter. She's like, okay, I have that one. I'm like, okay, there's going to be a plug that, you know, plugs into the back of the monitor. The other one's going to plug into the back of this docking station. And she's like, okay, so, you know, I built it all in my office first off. And then, you know, wiped everything down with Lysol wipes, put it in up two bags, and then just dropped it on her porch. Walked her through yeah. that there. Um, but she was having uh, a problem with one of the audio cables. So she was no longer technically under self-quarantine. So I actually stopped by in full mask and gloves. Because hell if I know if I've got it or she's got it, one of the two. Um, right. And I stopped into her apartment, and she's sitting on a folding card. You know, she's got the thing set up on a folding card table. And she's sitting on an ottoman cube. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And I'm looking at this going, are you serious? (laughs) And she's like, yeah. I thought about getting a chair, but, you know, at this point, and I'm just like, oh, my. (laughs) It's like, I'm like sitting there thinking, like, I've got office chairs downstairs that I don't use. Yep. Would you like me to bring you one? And she's like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I looked up, like, the Greek goddess of pain or something like that. Dolor, <laughs> D-O-L-O-R. Dolor, yeah. Is one of the, you know, god of uh, misery or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, I've got chairs. Here, chair, not being used. Do you want it? And she's like, no, I'm okay. 
Like, no, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. So well, in in two weeks, you can expect my review of the uh, the chair that I'm getting. Okay. I am uh, actually that was one of the things uh, my old old manager got me before he left or was reassigned was he got me some uh, a nice uh, mesh back chair for work so I have a nice chair at work and then I've got my IKEA chair here at home it seems to be working fine mm-hmm. but yeah no if you're working if you're if you're sitting in a chair for eight hours yeah y- you need a good chair yeah. And, I mean, let's be honest, I sit in this chair for more than eight hours a day. Yeah. What were we talking about? Your computer. You yes. Were, you're making a computer yes. for, for Isaac. So that, <laughs> yeah, it took so me a second. So you're buying like, a computer. Right, 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 back it up, back it up. What am I doing? Yes. Yeah, specifically for this one game. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm that that's, uh, that's an expensive game in that case, if you think about it. Well, it could also be for, you know... It's it's an it's an okay budget build with the ability to oh, yeah. upgrade. But my my question is like, what is the? Yes, it is a it is a good budget build if that is your uh your goal, right? It's not a good like modern gaming PC. No, it does not have a lot of strength. Playing five year old game, yeah, I can probably do that. I would not recommend putting a lot of stuff on the computer. Well, that's why I also only got a two hundred and fifty gigabyte hard drive. <laughs> Only, right? Yeah, only, only 250, 250 gigabytes. gigabytes on an M2 stick. That was the one that surprised me. And, you know, my boss was talking about M2, and I'm just like, hold on. A yeah. What now? Well, but so my, my question, Andy, is why, if, if you're just doing this for this one game. Yes. Why did you buy an M2 stick? It was one of the cheapest options out there. <laughs> A 250 gigabyte solid state drive wouldn't have been cheaper? Uh, hold on. Let me find the... <sighs> I have a hard time believing an M2 stick is cheaper than a SATA drive. Okay, so yes, there is a Seagate 3 terabyte SATA drive for $43. Yep. You know, for a used price, new, that drive is $57. Uh, Western Digital. Is there a bus on your monster bus? Or is there a monster bus on your bigger bus? Oh, okay. I don't know what he's saying. Okay. <laughs> is that is that a thing? I so like I have a lot of trouble understanding the speech of kids from like six and under. And I always assumed that parents could understand their own children. Is that not the case? Daddy open the Oh, open the door on the bus? I think. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. <laughs> he's getting better, but still it's Sometimes I he just says things and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, whatever, bud. You yep. you got it. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right. So let's see. I'm looking at on PCPartPicker.com, which you know didn't yeah. exist the last so, time I did this. Oh my god! How long ago did you make your last computer? How long ago did I make my last computer? Probably if a PC decade. Because PC Part Picker has been around for a while. <sighs> I think it was before I moved out here to Kalamazoo, and that was 2008. Because after I moved out here, that's when I started just getting laptops and using them. Yeah, I mean, 2008, I can believe it It hasn't been there for, yeah, I guess. Uh, this website was created in 2011. Yep. So, 
Yeah, I'm currently looking at storage drives. Price per gigabyte. What's the cheapest price per gigabyte? Well, there's an eight terabyte drive for 151. Okay, so my current drive is what, 50? Yes, I don't know. I don't have it up in front of me anymore. What? You don't? You're not paying attention to all my stuff as we speak all the time? I know. It's shocking, isn't it? I know. Crazy. Hold on. Like, you got to open up my Amazon now. Lists. Granted, you know, I couldn't figure out how to, like, I put everything <laughs> in the cart and I'm like, well, shoot, yeah. how am I supposed to? Sh- I, you can't share carts. No, not on, on Amazon, which I mean, wait, how did you do that? I created um, a list and then from my then shopping cart, I said save to later for all the items. And then yeah. when they're in the save later option, there's also another option under that saying add to wish list. So then I added them all to my wish list and then so I you, shared you that wish me, list with that's you. That's clever. That's very clever. I was thinking about like, wait, how did he do that? I didn't really investigate it, but that's very clever. I could have, you know, while I was doing it, just added to the wish list, but I was, you know, trying to keep a price point as well and the wish list does not give me a total price nope so pc part picker does well yes but I'm also pc part picker does PC not have some of the prices on amazon ah because that the the ryzen 5 cpu that i have on here for 85 dollars, not yep. listed on pc price picker pc part picker or whatever it is <laughs> That that one thing, that, that one thing with Jiggy that didn't exist last time I did this. Yeah, which I use, by the way, every time that I want to build a new PC. All right, so I picked the 250 gigabyte drive for $55. So if I take this down to $55, what drives are available for under that? Two terabyte drive for 48.90, two terabyte drive for 52. Oh, wait, it didn't. I hate when it doesn't do that. 320 gigabyte mechanical drive for 15 bucks? Where? Oh, Amazon used. Okay. So yes, if I really wanted to cut another 40 bucks off of there, I could go with a SATA drive. Yeah. So are you going to pull the trigger and buy those parts? I don't know. I've I've sent the link to you. I also sent the link to my boss as well. Just being like, okay, (laughs) you've been in this game a lot, you know, more recently than I have, you know. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Who is that daddy's robot? I have a robot. You have a robot? Mm-hmm. That sounds adorable. What kind of robot? Uh, do you remember the robot from the first CCST that I got, the little yellow wooden one? Nope. Oh. Uh, that's what my robot is. Okay. The thing that I don't remember. Yeah. I'd have to think uh, We should probably hit topics in the near future, right? Sure. Have we, have we done topics? our intro time? Oh, yeah. No, we've done our intro time length, so. <laughs> I, I hope we've done our intro. Wait, you have a, a like set time length you want to do for the banter? Normally, I consider somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. First 10 to 15 minutes is banter. I like it. I can get behind that. Well, that's, you know. Oh, that robot. Yeah. Um. That was the thing, you know, when I learned from uh, Senior Sem was most of the time you want your intro to be about 10% of the total length of whatever you're doing. Right. So I, you know, I okay. so that, consider, that is, you know, 10% is yep. six minutes. And, uh, you know, by the time I cut everything down, I normally want about, you know, because I cut technically most of the time a third of the podcast out when I whittle down the length. Right. Because all the silence goes away. Yep. So I consider, you know, normally 10 to 15 minutes is about a good time for everything to get me down into that 10 to 15 percent range. Yep. Well, we I think we've passed that that time yes. limit then. Yes, yes, we have. So what would you like to talk about, Andy? There's a whole list of topics here. So wait, Ikea has smart blinds? 
Yes, Ikea has a, a smart blind. And I recently bought blinds, which is yeah. kind of why this, this was on my mind, is I'm, I'm sitting in front of my new blinds. I'm like, okay, I wish that they could close automatically. And these Ikea blinds can. They, they have a battery and they have their own little motor and you can plug them into uh, other home automation things. You'll need the tread fry gateway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there is that. So you do need a thirty dollar extra, thirty five dollar extra, thirty five dollar extra. Also, the blinds are pretty expensive. Also, they are like I, I don't think they're sizable. They are like they're just sold at a certain size. Let's see. Does it? Does it uh... Here we go. IKEA blinds sizes. There are eight sizes to pick from. Okay, so there's a number of them, but it's not a custom size order 23 27 30 32 34 36 38 48 which i'm sure are the standard sizes yeah as much as something can be standardized and i hope you like gray i mean that is the color of the blinds that i have you see all these of are... our all of our curtains kind of match the rooms yeah these you are got, you know blackout the green three, the, you know the, the library here is green <sighs> mm-hmm. you know, the bedrooms upstairs we have different shades of blue also we didn't want to paint the walls so all of our walls are beige or white so yeah. we need color in here i don't think gray curtains in this room with our Which black fit. furniture. I wonder if you could change the, the like, drop down. What do you mean? Well, I mean, the, the blind itself is just the electronics, right? Like, it's the, the stuff at the top. Yes. So I wonder if you could actually just remove the gray fabric and put something else into it. I don't know. Uh, assembly instructions for blackout roller blind. See, for me, the thing is it's a blackout blind, and there is no option to not have that. Sometimes I, I don't want it to be blackout. I want it to be blocked, but I want the light to still come through. Well, um, then you only have it go down part of the way. But I, I still want it to be blocked. Well, that part I can't help you with. Yeah, I know. Um, you could do like we have on our bathroom windows and just have a, a semi-transparent window cling over them. Ah, uh, because sometimes I want like just the, the full, I, I want options. Options, sir. I want options. Um, hmm. Yes, but Dave These wants, do not provide Dave options. options. Yeah, you probably talk to a Windows person. That probably would be helpful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually pretty pleased with the thing that I've got. Okay. I'm, I'm planning on just hanging on to that. Uh, it doesn't really say if there's any way of replacing the actual blind part of it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's not built in, but like there's a whole subculture of IKEA hacking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, have you seen the people who uh, can hack Ikea? It's like an Ikea cabinet or something that they can hack it because it's actually like the right width for a 19-inch wide rail system. What? I had not seen that. That sounds amazing. The Lack Rack. Uh, Let's see. Featuring the Lack side table from Ikea. It is a little known fact that we have seen Google engineers tinker with the Lack tables since way back in 2009. So yeah, no, I guess the lack, the lack side table, is the perfect width to um, uh, the, is the right width to actually put server equipment on. Oh, that kind of rack. Yeah, the server rack. Oh, that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the pictures now. So it's it's exactly the right size to do your own home server rack. Yep. 
That's fantastic. That's adorable. And then people are like stacking them up together because they can. Mm-hmm. That's a that's amazing. I, I want to say that. That is absolutely amazing. Make your own server rack for 10 pounds using Ikea lack table. Okay, well, if I ever want to do a home server, I know how I'll do the rack. Things that you learn on the podcast. Yeah, yeah no, the... Um... The Ada night table also is the perfect width for 19-inch racks. Ikea hack. Clever ideas and hacks for your Ikea stuff. Four ways to hack Ikea for a movie night at home. What? What? Man, Ikea is just, like, bizarre. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of these aren't hacks, though. They're just, like, clever ways of putting the furniture with itself. I don't see that as a hack. A hack would be repurposing these window blinds for something else, right? Yeah, but heck, you know, if I can buy a coffee table, how much is the lack coffee table? I don't know. <clears throat> Search for lack. Yep. Lack side table, $10. There you go. But it comes in two sizes. What do you mean? More sizes? There's a 21 and 5 eighths inch and a 22 inch. Oh, mine only has the 21 and 5 eighths inch size. I also, oh, the black I, looking, one is 22. Okay. Uh-huh. So which one is the right one? I don't know. Well. Probably the white one. The Or the black one actually is 21 and 5 eighths, and it's just for some reason it looks like it's not. Oh, that would probably be a great table to do um, if you go and buy, like, one of those, uh, like, whiteboard paints. Sure. Because it, it should be about the right height for Isaac right now, yeah. right? How tall are these? They aren't that tall. They're side tables. Yeah, they're only 17 inches tall or something like that. Yeah, so they're they're a foot and a half tall, right? 18 inches. So imagine putting, like, a, a chalkboard paint on top of it. I'm now I'm looking at the coffee table here because that coffee table is 35 and 3 eighths inches deep. If I, you know, set it up there, which is, you know, some of our servers are that deep. You know, I could get the rails, screw the rails into mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, 30, 30, 30 bucks for that. Three foot deep server? Oh, yeah. No, some of the, uh, the R, was it the R520? Dell PowerEdge R520. Let's see if it gives me the form factor to U. Okay, how about you give me size? It does not actually tell me the size. I I still think doing the the side table with like a chalk paint or a whiteboard paint or like a magnetic paint on top of it would be awesome to have for a kid. I would send that to my nephew and niece, but I'd have to, like, have my brother construct it. And that would be a little weird to be like, I bought a gift for your kids. Some assembly required. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, here we- just not even say anything. Just like, poof, in the mail, there's an Ikea table. What? And then poof, in the mail, there's a can of the, like, whiteboard paint. Okay, so yeah, the R210, which is, you know, that was kind of like the, the go-to server for a while. That one was 15.5 inches deep. Uh, then some of the bigger servers, like my 520 is 24 inches deep, but that's actually not the deepest. There's an R630, which is 29.73 inches deep. But yeah, the the ready rails go from 23.9 inches to 34.6 inches, according to Dell's official rail slash rack matrix. Ooh, I didn't know that existed. Yep. But yes, no, there are servers that are pretty deep, therefore we'll need the coffee table (laughs) to uh, mount them. And I wonder what happens if I... Next time I have to build a studio, I just show up with a couple of $10 coffee tables, (laughs) stack two of them up. (laughs) 
screw in some rails. Yeah. Do it. Be like, what? It was cheaper. Mm-hmm. I actually did that. I built a, a custom oak mounting for one of our new boards because the uh, the plastic ear broke off during shipping. And then when I actually I measured it out, I measured I looked up the the cutout size because it's supposed to actually get cut out and put into the tabletop. And I couldn't actually do that because the <laughs> the tabletop was actually being held up by a cabinet that was right in the middle of that cutout. So if I cut a hole in the cabinet, <laughs> the t- the whole cabinet would literally just fall over. Because he was being held up by a thing there, so I had to build something on top of it. So I just went to uh, Menards and bought some uh, some oak, quarter inch oak, and then I uh, I cut everything to the right length and I glued it all down. And it, people are like, "Ooh, this is nice." <laughs> You're like, "Thank you. Thank I you. made this." Yeah, I made this with a circular saw. Nice. All right. If I have, if Laura and I ever have kids, I'm so putting up a one of the walls of their room as like a magnetic whiteboard. Well, they have the whiteboard paint, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm suggesting you yeah, put yeah. on top of one of these tables. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whiteboard paint. We talked about another thing using for whiteboards. Is it like a a shower panel? What? I, as I, a cheap whiteboard? Yeah. This is like the DIY episode of our yeah. podcast. <laughs> They like, what can you do to improve your world? Cover a wall with a giant whiteboard for under $15, according to Lifehacker. Hardboard panel boards at Home Depot and Lowe's. Made of MDF, but with a smooth white finish and acrylic coating, these boards work just like whiteboards. Sure. Nimble Union notes you probably don't want to clean the surface with a typical cleaner like Windex, but even if you do mistakenly turn it into a permanent marker board, it's (laughs) $13.47. (laughs) <laughs> like replace it yeah 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 it, that that feels like it'd be pretty cool just putting that out there oh this guy uh, also took a an ikea glass dining room tabletop painted the back of it white and then hung that on the wall that's clever yeah because then it's it's transparent yep the other and it's glass you can white. write on it with the markers and then it's yeah. glass so you can use windex to clean it with wet erase or dry erase you could use both yep oh man i this is dangerous being on ikea online <laughs> There's there's a lot of stuff on here. And I was thinking about getting a new desk for the upstairs. And there's, like, desks on Ikea. Also, they have the electric uh, sit stand desks, too, for actually pretty cheap. I was about to agree with you until you said pretty cheap. Uh, the one I'm looking at is $550. I always thought they were, like, two. Oh, it's two forty for the manual. Ah, okay, that's the manual crank corner one. desk with sit stand, and it's five hundred and eighty bucks. I've get, I've got uh, a sit stand desk here, electric for four hundred. I see one for five hundred. B can't B E K A N T. Yeah, this, I see one for five hundred. I've got one for four hundred. How do you see one for? Oh, here. Okay, yep. The white top and the black bottom. Mm-hmm. Forty-seven by thirty-one. Not a very big desk. Nope. Uh, which reminds me, I should look up the company store in Zealand. So, um, <laughs> why are we shopping for furniture on the podcast? Let's so, talk you know, about something else. You know Herman Miller, right? The really nice, uh, yeah, furniture, office chairs. Yeah, Herman, Herman Miller, Herman Carden. What? Herman Miller chairs. Yep. Herman Miller is based out of Michigan, Zealand, Michigan, to be exact. Okay. So I pass by their corporate offices every time I drive up to our Holland stations. Well, they have an outlet yeah. store up in Zealand as well. Cool. So, you know, 
<laughs> I can, so you're thinking of stopping at their outlet store? Yes, because they have height-adjustable tables. Ooh. But they're famous for their chairs. I know, yes, yes, I could. Not their tables. But they have discounted height-adjustable tables for $150. 48 okay, by 30. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. You know, and if you, if you wanted a bigger top, you could buy just the adjustable base for 125 Is it, like, electric-adjustable? Yes. For how much? The base is 125 But my guess is you would have to drive there and pick it up. Yeah. But, like, let's say we were, I don't know, driving back from Manistee Lake City area with a trailer on Laura's RAV4 because we're moving a bunch of stuff out of the storage unit that's up there because her mom sold the house. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just happened to be driving back. And that means that we'd have to drive. I mean, we wouldn't have to drive close to Kalamazoo, but we it's not no, 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 really Holland. out of the way. Holland. So oh, you would, Holland. So if you're taking okay. 31 down, or even heck, 131 down. Yeah, and, and we do take uh, generally 131, but like, even if we're taking 131, yeah, we got to cut back over on 196. Like, that, it, that, that, that brings us right next to Zeeland. Yeah, Zeeland. Or Zeeland, whichever one. So yeah, you would be literally... <laughs> driving past it yeah you know just just on the off chance that that was a thing we could we could stop there and and because we already have a like u-haul attached to the trailer Mm -hmm. could probably fit a desk in there yeah can you send me a link to that is there a link to that uh let me find the uh do you want just the basic outlet store link or do you want the specific table link yes All right. Well, folks, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the podcast, uh, this is the Andy and Dave go shopping version of the show. (laughs) Andy, what are we still doing? I was trying to get out of topics and then we got derailed again. Yeah. Speaking of rails. uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) It is. It is. It is. It is currently right now as we talk about this, like this very moment as we are recording the 50th anniversary of the uh, Apollo 13 space flight. Yes. Yes, actually, yeah. It was 1970? That doesn't seem right. Apollo, was Apollo 13? Yeah, 1970, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it is literally like currently, 50 years ago, this moment, as human beings measure time, uh, the Apollo spacecraft was between the Earth and the moon. I mean, that is technically true for half of humanity at any given time, but they were off of the surface of the Earth, right? They were like out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so NASA, was it NASA that? did this someone put this together i assume it was nasa because it's you know the apollo uh put together apollo 13 in real time it is a web page where you can go and listen and and effectively watch the entire apollo 13 mission in real time so okay so what time would be right now 146 so see they launched on they launched on the... I'll, uh, I'll, I'll save you the trouble, Andy. They are 22 hours and 33 minutes into the mission. Okay, and so Fuel Cell 3 happened at, what, like 55? 55 uh, hours, I think, yeah, into the mission? 55 hours and 40-some minutes. So, we're still actually... About 56 hours. So, right now, hours I think 50, we're just... Yeah, 54 minutes. We're close, right? You're 30 hours off. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, the, the launch should have happened just, supposedly, a little bit ago. The launch happened almost a day ago. Oh, oh yeah, I was off by... Because it happened you're, on the, the 11th. You're 22 hours in the, into the mission. Okay. So, we still have a time before everything 
goes haywire. Right. Okay. You you have approximately 33 hours and 20 minutes from right now uh, until they stir the cryo tank, which is where everything goes to hell. Because this is the I, I'm trying to remember. This was there where they had um like the thermal couple hadn't registered, and so in one of the pretests they had baked off all the insulation off of the the circuit. Yes, I do believe that was that was effectively the problem. Yeah, and so it wasn't an issue until they engaged the circuit and it sparked because there was no insulation and that exploded the oxygen. Yes. Oh man, he's got everything. He's got film, TV, commentary, transcripts. Yep. Mission all, audio. It's he's got like the whole kit and caboodle. Wow. Yeah, and and they're not joking about like all of Mission Control audio. Well, yeah, because NASA had all that documented in case there was ever a problem. You can you can like flip between the different Mission Controls and the different chairs in Mission Control and listen to the audio. Fifty channels of Mission Control audio, total of seven thousand two hundred hours in length. Yeah. Space to ground in left ear, Capcom loop in your right ear, so that's the ground control, and then an onboard recorder, <laughs> so that's the actual space. <laughs> flight itself in center when available wow this is this is somebody's little pet project this is a oh my god and like if there's video of the thing that is happening then they're showing you the video simultaneously yes that's just crazy so you actually can jump to any time period that you want oh okay i gotta make sure to uh (laughs) i started it started playing in the background i'm like oh shoot i'm hearing somebody yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah. So speaking of space flight, Boeing is trying to launch the Starliner again. Why? They, they said they're going to refly their Starliner without a crew on okay. board. Okay. Um, because you know the last time did not go so well. Didn't it explode on the pad? No. No. What happened to Starliner? It was the one that um, the uh, glitch with the clock prevented it from igniting the engines at the right time, so it got into the wrong orbit. Oops. And then. Um, I mean, but that's that's a fixable problem. Yes. Right. And then there right. was the second software glitch on landing. Luckily, <laughs> Boeing, you know, did a data review mid-flight and caught the second software glitch. So if they hadn't caught it, it would have screwed up the landing. So yeah, they. Um, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna do another non, um, non-crewed test flight of it. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're doing a non-crewed test flight. Did you see that the, uh, the Dragon crew, um, did a, a full test of their, um, launch pad escape system? No. Yeah, so they had everybody dress up in, you know, full gear, did, uh, simulated smoke, and this, this is the, this is the zip line escape route. So they actually had everybody, you know, take the zip lines down. And then it turns out that the uh, the getaway vehicle at the base of the zip line is one of those, like, armored personnel carriers. Well, yeah, I mean, if the whole thing is about to explode, you'd probably like a little bit of armor between you. Yeah. So they've they've done now a full run through of the emergency escape from the capsule on the landing pad. So okay, I mean both those things are are I like seeing a movement towards space travel. Yes, and both those things are in that direction. I like that. That's okay. Um, what else we got? E three is is out for the year. Yes, they are not doing anything digital. They're not doing anything physical. They're going to coordinate with the individual companies. Andy, who are, yeah, Andy, Dave, uh, are you there? Yes. Hello. Dave, I can hear you. Ah, and now I can hear you. What what did you do? I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, the computer decided to swap the audio channels. <laughs> okay. So all of a sudden, you disappeared. Poof. Just poof, you weren't there. So I'm sorry. That was weird. I'm back. Yeah, you never left my end. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which means I never left the recording end. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, okay. So, I'm sorry, where were we? I don't know. <laughs> you, I got derailed by Dave going, Andy, Andy. <laughs> Hello. Uh, E3. Something about, oh yeah, E3. E3's not doing there's, anything. There's no E3 this year. No, no physical, which, no digital. Which, they will be working with exhibitors to promote and showcase individual company announcements. Which is what everyone was doing anyway. Yeah. Like, weren't half the people leaving E3 anyway? Mm-hmm. To do their own so thing. So this is just the ESA going like, well, I guess that's what everyone's doing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was reading up on the uh, the IGN summer. What are they called? Oh right, the the non E three. Yeah, the summer of gaming. When does that start? Uh, early June. Global digital event to start in June that is designed to basically replace E three as much as possible. So okay, what else we got here? Um, oh, Google Stadia Pro is free for two months. Yeah, I but saw it's that. not. This is not Stadia Base, which was also supposed to be the free version. Right. Well, this is Pro. This is Pro for free for two months. What does that get you? Uh, whatever Stadia Pro normally gets you for two months. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. What does Stadia Pro get you? Uh, uh currently nine free games. Really? Is your uh, go to Stadia, sign up, get the app. What does it? What? <laughs> what does it get us? I mean, access to games. Yes, nine nine free games. I think. Yes, there are nine currently available to for free to all pro subscribers. Otherwise, I think you have to pay for the claiming free games. It's learning about Stadia. What is Stadia Pro? Okay, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Uh, as a Stadia Pro subscriber, you can claim games each month to play for as long as you have an active subscription. You also get discounts on select games available for purchase in the Stadia store. You get 4K HDR and 5.1 surround sound. Granted, right now, they've said that they are actually trying to work on a temporary feature to the Pro service that will reduce the default screen resolution from 4K down to 1080p. Due to internet service providers sucking the big one. I threw that last part in there myself. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was actually going to be there. No, I want it to be there because that's why it's there. But Because they're getting, like, creamed? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so right now, yeah, if you want to sign up, you still have to, you know, after two months, it will be $10 per month. But my thing would be getting a V card from your bank or credit card company and then using that one and so after two months they'll try and bill your account and it will be to a no longer existent card number and then your service will automatically be ending there so so yeah so that's free um steam posted data about their games again what i don't know after you know cutting off steam spy what two years ago yeah and promising a more accurate or more useful replacement to come well they posted something of their data what and and what did they post um what information did they give us the number of games earning at least ten thousand dollars in the first two weeks has been going up constantly since 2013 i mean but the number of games has also been going up yes by like a significant significant amount yes steam is is the platform now it's actually kind of cool because I'm, I'm looking at this now and the number of games released by year dropped between 2018 and 2019 yes now there are any number of explanations so before people start going crazy and going like oh steam's fail like a steam is gone that's it epic game store is now it um i mean there's a any number of reasons why the number dropped um not the least of which is valve cracking down on companies that are are putting out garbage ripoff games. 
also the opening of the Epic Game Store. <laughs> well, like no. that probably did have an effect. Well, what's what's funny is is that I linked to an article there that um, didn't actually post that part of data that part of the data in the blog post. The data that they actually posted on their blog post was the number of games earning at least ten thousand dollars in the first two weeks. Yeah, the, uh, which they posted that graph like three different times, showing you stuff. Um, changes in initial earnings of new releases from 2018 to 2019. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they said, hey, look, this is great. This is great. This is great. And, you know, that's that those numbers are true. You cannot argue against those numbers. They just kind of left out the bigger picture of the fact that a lot of 80% of the Steam games earn under $5,000 in the first two weeks. Yeah. And, well, so again, there's a lot of crap little teeny games on Steam. Yes. And I'm wondering how many of those games that earned under $5,000 cost under $5,000 to make. I don't know. Well, especially also like some of those are, you know, even, you know, if games make more than, you know, $10,000 in the first two weeks... You know, if that mm-hmm. was if people spent eight, two people spent a year making that game. Oh, that is not nearly enough money. Yeah, like that is that is a that is a flop. That is a you just lost an incredible amount of money. Mm-hmm. So they kind of posted their highlights and without posting, you know, more data. Yeah. So yeah, don't pay attention to the hundred thousand games behind the curtain. Just pay attention to these games, the like ten yes. percent that made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like. I, I'm still in the side of there's a bunch of garbage that happens in in the um, in Steam, like a bunch of garbage. But anyway, what else do we have? We probably hitting near the end. Yeah. Um. The <laughs> did you see the name for the new LG cell phone? Nope. It's the LG Velvet. Ooh. Is it supposed to be, like, smooth? Fuzzy? The company says the name Velvet is meant to evoke images of lustrous smoothness and premium softness. But, so, people talk about things being, like, smooth like Velvet, but Velvet's not smooth, right? I don't know. You, I don't. You I don't think I own anything is. that's made of velvet. It's it's the like really fine hairs that like it looks smooth, but when you touch it, there's a definite tactile sense. It's not like Teflon. That's what it should, it should be. Smooth as Teflon, right? Like velvet isn't. I mean, hang on. Velvet microfiber. Let's just look at this velvet microscope. I want to see a microscopic view of velvet. None of these are a microscopic view of velvet. Velvet is woven on a special loom that weaves two thicknesses of material at the same time. Then the two pieces are then cut apart to create the pile effect. Skin surface of... No, that's a worm. That is not velvet cloth. <laughs> Why are there no, like, fabric I don't know. under a microscope? What the hell? Um, in other material news, though, um, it seems that some researchers at where? University of Portsmouth um, says Here. they have engineered an enzyme that can convert 90% of recycled plastic back to its pristine starting materials. That's cool. Because right now, only that's, 30% that's of the plastic potential. that goes into soda bottles gets turned into new plastic, often ending up as a lower strength version. So yeah, like that's that's a potential big impact. Yes, I would like that to happen. Like, yes, please. I sent you a picture of velvet. By yeah, the way. I see. Tell that. me that yeah. that's smooth. No, it's not smooth. But that is that is the antithesis of smooth. Like that is the opposite. It is textured. 
In a small reactor designed to test the enzyme, the team found that it could break down 90% of 200 grams of PET in 10 hours. Cool. How do you manufacture the enzyme? <laughs> uh, let's see. Can we get something to grow it? I mean, it's an enzyme, right? It's, yes. it's organic. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's a genetically modified version of <clears throat> an enzyme found by researchers at Osaka University in a compost heap. I mean, you, you don't genetically modify an enzyme. It doesn't have a genome. <laughs> they, they could genetically modify a bacteria to produce the enzyme. They started by analyzing the crystal structure of the enzyme, identifying key amino acids at the site where the enzyme binds to the chemical linkers between the PET's glycol groups. The researchers then generated hundreds of mutant enzymes, changing amino acids at the binding site and adding heat stabilizing ones. Then they mass produced the mutants in bacteria and screened them to find efficient PET breakers. There it is. That's that's the key right there. The mass produce in bacteria. There we go. Yep. So it's, it's it's the mutant bacteria that they have created to produce these enzymes. Yes. Cool. Hey, that's hopeful. Yes. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, they they you know they're definitely looking now to ramp it up to an industrial scale. Yeah. And start reducing plastic down to its component pieces. Mm-hmm. The, the the worrisome thing about that is like, what happens if that bacteria gets into the wild? <laughs> And like, I'm just reminded of, of certain episodes of Star Trek, right? Where there's like, there's a bacteria that's eating the hull of the ship. And you're like, well, shit. <laughs> this bacteria was designed to deconstruct houses. And like, well, it's in my house now. Yeah, it's kind of like the replicators from Stargate. Right. Yeah. Yep. The, the things that were there to break, not the replicators from Star Trek, but from Stargate. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Like if this thing eats plastic, right? How much plastic is inside your computer? Well, it only breaks down PET plastic. Okay. Uh, they uh, they still can't recycle polyethylene and polystyrene plastics. So no styrofoam. No. So this is, you know, this is just PET plastics. But granted, PET yeah. is the world's most commonly used plastic. So. It's in everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I, I had my yard redone last year, right? Mm-hmm. And as as the final stage of that, they laid down new grass seed, and then on top of the grass seed, they put down a plastic mesh. And I'm I'm so upset at this plastic mesh that I've like tried to pull it out of the ground without ruining the grass that has now started growing on top of it. Why? Why did it have to be a plastic mesh? I don't. Because you're not supposed to pull the mesh off, right? Like it's supposed to just sit there. But then you've added an entire layer of plastic to the dirt. Is it biodegradable plastic? I can't believe that it is. It's plastic. How much plastic do you know is biodegradable? I don't know. Well, if you have this certain enzyme, evidently, but... Mm-hmm. Even then, it's not really biodegradable. It, it returns it to its constituent parts, but those aren't natural parts. <sighs> okay, yeah. so what else we got? Probably, uh, yeah, probably could just hit the randoms now. Yeah. Is there anything else that was, there's a, a wearable that's being used to check for healthcare providers to see if they're be getting uh, infected with COVID-19. Or sorry, it's infected with the Corona NCOV whatever 222, which causes COVID-19. It's so weird to have the difference between the bacteria, not bacteria, it's it's a virus. Yes. So between the virus and the sickness. Usually we just kind of call them the same thing, but this one we did not. Because there was a new, um, a new basically standards for how to name these things that was released. Yeah. So we're finally done with naming them after the regions that they were just like discovered in. Thank you, Lyme disease. What? Lyme disease. Yeah. I thought it was named for Lyme, the area. I mean, so was Ebola, Lyme disease, is Lyme a place? 
or a person? Lyme, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Old Lyme, Connecticut. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so infections are no longer supposed to be named after people or places. Yep. Uh, but it's a it's a smart ring. It's a a like. It's actually kind of cool. It is it is a um, a biometric ring that checks temperature and pulse. I kind of want one. <laughs> like 400 bucks, though. Ringmaker Aura. Aura spelled O-U-R-A. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> How much for one of the Like Aura Ring, the most accurate sleep and activity tracker. Daily Insights. Meet Aura the Pulse. That's like their own newsletter. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I get it in black. $300 for a titanium ring. The, uh, the, the random review is yours. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I would like to review. We talked about it. We referenced it last week. Yes. Uh, I had, I, well, last week I, I went out and did more yard work. And by the way, this year, for the first time since I've moved into this house, I had my brush at the side of the, the road before brush collection. Did they delay brush collection? <laughs> Uh, they didn't delay it, but they they slowed it down. They said they're going to be doing... It will take longer for them to do it. But my zone of the city is always one of, like, the first ones to do it. Ah. Which sucks, because it means that, like, I don't have time, right? It just got warm last weekend, and they did collection on, like, Wednesday. But I did brush collection, and that also involved doing uh, all the, the leaves in my yard. Now, I do not have nearly as many leaves as Andy does, because I don't have a 50 foot tall oak tree in my yard but I do have a small like grove of trees in the backyard and I've got a fairly large ash tree and maple tree in the front uh, and they they drop a lot of leaves so I've I've traditionally done raking and then I went to leaf blowing and then last year I'm like you know what this sucks and I got a leaf blower that combines with a mulcher and I looked for it online and I couldn't find it but I found a, the closest thing to it the same company it looks basically like mine does. It is the uh, Sun Joe, not the Snow Joe, the Sun Joe uh, electric handheld leaf blower and vacuum mulcher. And holy crap, it is fantastic. Like having a mulcher instead of just blowing all the leaves, I can like I get to vacuum them up. It just hoovers the leaves from the now because my leaves were sitting there since last fall. Uh, I did go around with a rake first, mm-hmm. but instead. Instead of raking them all to the front, I raked them into small piles. And so I just had like a whole scattering of small piles around the yard. And then I took out the the leaf blower, swapped it out to the Hoover like vacuum form. This isn't even my final form. Uh, And then used that. And it was just so good. Holy crap, Andy. It was so good. Yeah, I've been slowly going through with ours. Actually, mine, when I was, you know, searching for that version on Home Depot, I found mine on the Home Depot webpage. And I was like, oh, look, there's mine. Do you have the Toro Ultra Plus 250? Yes. Now, the question I have for you is how often does your sucking tube get clogged? Almost never. Because mine normally like, gets clogged about two or three times per bag. How how clogged do you mean? Like where it just stops sucking? Yeah. Never. I mean, like, it, so that's not true. Uh, when mine gets clogged, it's always at the entrance. It's never clogged somewhere inside the tube. Oh, I, mine, so mine I usually, gets clogged inside the tube. And oh, no, also, mine, has, mine has never gotten clogged inside the tube. And I've not gotten wood. There we go. Uh, never. If mine gets clogged, it's always at the very intake. And I usually just nudge it with my toes and then it clears it out yeah no i i carry around a big stick (laughs) 
with mine. <laughs> you like shove in there. Yeah. Uh, I did find out. So the, the the tube works by putting the the fan at the end of the tube, right? Yeah. The fan that normally provides the airflow that blows the leaves instead is just providing suction through the tube. Yes. So it is dangerous because at the end of that tube is like a garbage disposal. Yeah. You do not want to stick your hand all the way down the tube, but it's pretty far down the tube. I'm not sure I actually could stick my hand the whole way down the tube. Which is why I use a giant stick. Right. But so what I what I found is the best way to do it where it's not getting clogged is rake the leaves into a small pile or a large pile. Doesn't matter. Put the whole thing on the ground and just start like manually brushing the leaves towards the entrance. OK. And and because that way I was able to control like what went in and how fast it went in and whether or not there were sticks in there. I was able to pull out so many little sticks and twigs because I was hand feeding the mulcher. Now, how do you like it with that wheel on? the front. It's okay. I don't know about the wheel. I, I tend not to use it with the wheel attachment. Like, the wheel is on there, but I, I just don't let it rest against the ground. When I do, it, it works out pretty nicely. 18.5 gallon bag. Certainly doesn't feel like 18 gallons. Yeah, I'm trying to find out how big ours was, our bag is. That can't be an 18 gallon bag. That's what it says on the, the, the thing I found. Yeah. I don't know that mine is 18 gallons. Mine might be smaller. Oh, how big is our bag? I do believe the 16 to 1 reduction ratio, though. Like, yes. I had these gigantic pile of leaves, and I just sucked them up, and they disappeared. <laughs> leaves don't pack well. That's what I've learned. I'm trying to see. Does ours? No. Bottom zipper vac bag. Yeah, no, I got that. How big is yep. my bag? I don't know, but this is definitely uh, something that I, I would recommend. Highly recommend getting some sort of mulcher. I, I think if I were to do this again, I would rather have it, like, backpack mounted. Oh, kind of like the... Uh... Uh, the Black and Decker has one that's got dual arm straps. So where is the backpack? The one I have is kind of like an over-the-shoulder bag, which, you know, okay. I have it, you know, I don't have it, like, cinched all the way up, so it's like, you know, like I'd be carrying a purse. It's yeah. more like the bag is hanging like an inch off the ground. Because, so you know, if I had me, it all the way up there, because the bag plugs directly, there's no tube, mm-hmm. so the bag plugs directly into the back of the, um... Yeah, the output. Yeah. Yeah, mine mine does that as well, uh, but mine is not over the shoulder. It is no, yours is hanging from the thing it's hanging from the thing yeah I, and i think i'd rather have the entire thing including like the mulching and the motor on my back oh so almost like like a professional leaf blower yeah. mulcher sort of thing yeah I'd, well, I'd much rather that than a handheld one because like that thing gets heavy over time yeah no i can normally i can normally only do like one or two bags before i have to stop just because you know lugging around this giant bag See, that's why I don't think that mine is actually um, 18 gallons. It just doesn't get that heavy. I'm watching a squirrel with a walnut in my yard. Oh, that little bastard can climb the wall vertically. Uh, Let's see. Bag is bottom zip blower vac replacement bag. 1.5 bushels. Well, what the... (laughs) Really, you're going to give me bushels? That does not help. A bushel is not a, a good standard of measurement. 1.5 U.S. bushels is 13.9 U.S. liquid gallons. <laughs> that is also not helpful. Well, technically, you said yours was, you thought, 18, which, which I don't seems know high about for, that. for me, but I, I think mine's less than 18. 18 seems really high. Yeah. No, I've got, I've got technically a 14 gallon. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's my review. Now, how much was yours? I don't actually remember. Oh. The, the one I see on, on uh, Home Depot is like 70 bucks. Yes. And that seems right. Let me see if I can find. 
in my history. Uh, variable speed blower. Okay, I found mine. Uh, how much did I pay for it? View this order. 80 bucks. When I bought mine, it was 80 bucks. Okay. Well, yes. No, I also agree, having also bought... <laughs> a leaf blower mulcher vacuum that is it's a it's a yeah. good thing to have it's it's fantastic i highly recommend it so yeah well no i'm still i'll probably go out and do another bag or two today yeah and then hopefully i'll start to you know because i'm still cleaning up the leaves from last year so hopefully you know when this fall comes around i'll have a nice clean slate to start with and then it won't be as bad yeah so no i also agree on the purchase of an electric leaf blower mulcher so now we get to the random topic yeah i rolled ahead of time list of inappropriate questions to ask in a job interview what, what are you doing after uh, this interview you want to go uh, catch a game <laughs> i mean there there actually is an official list of like inappropriate questions there's i don't remember what they're called whether it's like they are illegal to ask because i i do help out with hr and do like own screens and like they're like do not ask any of these things what um, interview topic questions are legal race color or national origin religion yep. sex gender identity or sexual orientation pregnancy status disability marriage status marriage status yes or number of children yep they're like under no circumstances should you ask any of these questions have you ever listened to re podcast do you like re podcast would you recommend re podcast to a friend have you ever been arrested are you a felon mm -hmm. actually i think that one you can't ask oh no it's illegal to ask have you ever been arrested it's legal to ask have you been convicted of any crime other than a traffic violation so are you a felon <laughs> So, have you been arrested is bad, but have you ever been convicted is okay. Yeah, well, because an arrest doesn't imply guilt. That's true. Conviction does imply it guilt. It defines guilt, in fact. Yes. In theory, yes. <laughs> you, you have been found guilty. Um, Can you work on weekends is legal. What is your religion is not legal. Yes, because can you work on weekends does not imply anything, right? It, yeah. It's just like, are you available to... It, answering no doesn't imply a religion. Yes. I don't care the reason you can't work on a weekend. I just care that you can't work on weekends. God, are there any... Because like, it just says inappropriate questions, right? Not illegal questions. Mm-hmm. Will shirt look good on me? <laughs> How often That's why I started off with what, what, what you doing later. Yeah. How often do you brush your teeth? What? Yeah. I mean, it's totally legal to ask. It's yeah. still inappropriate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going with that. That answer right off the bat is that's... Border Alliance. <laughs> so Resistance I or Empire? Actually, I may have actually asked Border Alliance before. I, I don't think that's inappropriate, depending on the context. The one question I actually ask every time I've been in a, in interviewing somebody yep. is, uh, what cell phone do you have and why'd you pick it? Okay, okay, I can get behind that. Because there have been times where people like, are like, you know, explain to me, oh, you know, I picked this one because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then other people are like, uh, I have a smartphone. My kid told me to pick <laughs> this. And I'm just like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, then you're not getting this job of being a tech service person because you don't... I'm like... Well, no. that's also, you know, just it's like, oh, that's a red flag right there. <laughs> You're going to be right. trouble. <laughs> um, what else? What else? I also, uh, Apple let's see. versus Android. I, I asked them what their ideal radio station would be. So, you know, I, I asked them, like, okay, what's your ideal radio station? Just so I can see where their priorities are when they talk to me about what, what their ideal situation. An now ideal my, my radio favorite. station is one that never goes down, yeah. that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. 
One guy responded with, there's no such thing as an ideal radio station. And I'm just like, I, I didn't ask if they actually exist. I asked you what your thought an ideal radio station would be. Well, that's that's a good like thing for you to know, right? There's no such thing as an ideal radio station. Oh, okay. But if there was, what would it look like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to end to... You know, answer my question with a non-answer. That does not help you. And and usually on questions like that, I would follow up with like, I understand that, and I fully agree with you. But what would what is the ideal you would want to work for? Yeah, you know, if, if you don't have an, you know, what are you what are you striving to do? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's a pretty good list that we've got there. Yep. All right, should we call this? Yep. I'll uh, say that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>